0: Oh, Oh, good morning. How is everybody this morning? Are you all okay this morning? Everybody okay? Raise your hand if you're not okay. All right. One day, someday, one of these days, I'm going to write a book about the backside, the stuff nobody sees (laughs) that goes on in the church. It's pretty funny. Okay, I have some doubts with make. Make a Swish was a success. We thank everyone for their pledges. Results are in. Uh, some pledges have been mailed. The ple- pledges have been mailed. Thank you to all who participate and volunteer. And an announcement of the total will be made shortly. Also, today was Big Hug Sunday. I hope you all in the Sunday School Hour enjoyed that. Any of you in the Sunday School Hour have Big Hug Sunday go by? None of y'all in Sunday school? Okay, you better be. Some of y'all better be in Sunday school. We need y'all in Sunday school. Regular Sunday night programs will meet this Sunday. We celebrate our annual Valentine's party with Mission Kids and Bible Study Time. Next Sunday, during the Sunday school hour in the junior high classroom, confirmation orientation will be held. That will be, that's not that long, so it doesn't really affect the Sunday school class. But if you cannot be here next Sunday, you need to make arrangements to pick up your materials. You could, like, for example, right after church day, you could come to my office, I could give them to you. Otherwise, when you're here for Sunday school, confirmation orientation is next Sunday during Sunday school hour. At the 9 o'clock service, we join Ben, Melody, Anna-Claire Jenkins from... um, Huntsville, Alabama, United Methodist Church, and baptized their youngest, Benjamin Reed Jenkins. So please make them welcome when you're over in the 9 o'clock service. All right, today is Scouting Sunday, and we recognize our scouts And last in the 9 o'clock service. We want to recognize them again in this service. We want all our scouts or scout leaders to stand up. If, you have, if we got any scouts, I know we've got two scouts back there going to bring the colors in in a minute, but if any scouts or scout leaders in here right now. Just these these three, okay. Anybody associated with scouting any time in your life? Were you a scout or been a leader? Stand up. All right, amazing, isn't it? Scouting makes the world go round. I do believe that scouting builds character in both uh, boys and girls, and we're very proud to sponsor (coughs) scouting troop here. Uh, As I said, the scouts will bring the flags in and and they'll fall into acolytes And bring them in, okay? All right, that's all I got. Let's begin our worship together. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray together. Everlasting God, you brought the people to your light and to the brightness of your rising. Fill the world with your glory. Show yourself to all the nations. Through him who is the true light and the bright and morning star, even Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. Let our children come forward at this time.
1: have a couple more coming? Oh, we have two visitors this morning. Good. Good morning to everybody. I like to see the smiles on your faces. Let's see a big smile. Everybody got a big smile? Yeah, that looks good. Uh, Next Friday, February the 14th, is going to be a very exciting and a special day. Any of you know what that's going to be? Valentine's Say it out loud. Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. What one word tells us what Valentine's Day is all about? Yeah. Love, exactly right. Now, some people are going to show love next Friday with Valentine cards. There will be some little Valentine cards, and they're going to be some great big Valentine cards. Some will give somebody they love some candy, little boxes of candy, and some will get great big boxes of candy. There'll be balloons and teddy bears and flowers being given. What main color do we think about at Valentine's? Pink and... Red. Pink. Ma'am? What did you say? Pink and purple Pink and purple. Oh, I love the purple, y'all know, I love that firm and purple. All right, there'll be lots of red and pink and purple. OK. Um, when I was a little girl in elementary school, we mostly thought about studying and doing those kind of things, but one teacher said, "Let's all make a Valentine box and bring it to school." And back then, we used shoeboxes to make our Valentine boxes. And most of the children would ask their daddies for their shoeboxes. Do you know why? Had bigger shoes. So we wanted a big box. And we'd glue pictures on there, or we'd color on those boxes, or we would paste things like paper, different colored paper, and you put the top on it, and then you would cut out a hole in the top that was just big enough to put Valentine cards in. And back then, when I was a little girl, most everybody bought the same kind of cards, little tiny cards, and they had little white envelopes, so we'd write everybody's name on the envelope. Well, the teacher asked us to bring those boxes in a couple days early, and we didn't know why we were bringing them in early. But we learned later on that the teacher would check after we went home after school. She would check to see if there was any boy, any girl who didn't have a valentine box. And if they didn't, guess what she would do? She would make one for them. And a lot of the children brought their books to and from school in a brown paper bag. And so she would do this when we didn't know she was doing it. She would call that child up and say, I put a box in your bag, and there's some papers in there and some crayons, and you can color your box when you go home and bring it back on Valentine's Day with the others. So on Valentine's Day, everybody had a box. Oh, we were so excited. Our names were on them. And she gave us time to go and put our Valentines to each other in the box that morning. And about 10 minutes before school was out, she let us come up and get those boxes and put them on our desk. We, and we would shake them to see that we had Valentines. We didn't know that she'd put Valentines in there to everybody, little ones, to be sure everybody had one. But we'd have lots by then because we'd put some in everybody's box. Our mothers told us that you give everybody in your class a card. So we did that. So nobody's feelings were hurt. We were showing love. And then the best thing happened about 10 minutes before school was out, we had our boxes. We were ready to go home. And our teacher came by each desk, and she had, and the older people will know what I'm talking about. There were these little cardboard. It was a lightweight cardboard card, and right in the middle of it was a big old red lollipop. Those were the best lollipops around, and she had our name written on the back, and then she put love, Miss Boykin. Oh, That was the best. Miss Boykin showed her love that day by giving every boy and girl not only a valentine, but a big lollipop. And that was a big deal back then. We didn't get candy every day. So that was a big deal. She showed us her love. And I, that was the teacher that I wanted to be when I grew up. I wanted to be just like Miss Boykin. Now, let me ask you this. Well, first of all, you, Some of you, and I, maybe all of you this morning, came by the adult Sunday school classes, and you showed us love. How did you do that? Did any of you show love this morning? Um, we gave kisses, chocolate kisses, and then we hugged them. Yeah, you gave all of us hugs and kisses, candy kisses and hugs. Those are the best kinds of Valentine's. You know that? Hugs and kisses. They don't cost a penny. I want you to give somebody a big hug this Valentine's Day. It could be mama, daddy. Do you hug your brothers and sisters? Mm, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Okay. Find somebody you love. There are two scriptures in the Bible that tell us about love and Valentine's. Do you know who sent the first Valentine? The very first Valentine ever? It was God. God sent his son to die for all our sins. If you ride around Greer, if, you drive, if you're riding with your parents around Greer, there are um, a couple churches that have signs out in there, the yard there. And it says, the first valentine was set by God with two boards and three nails. Now, do you know what those two boards were? What did the two boards form? A cross. What are the three nails for? Think about it. Who was on this cross? Jesus. Where would the three nails be? In each of his hands. In each of his hands, that's two. And one on the side. Jesus' feet were placed how? Jesus' feet were one on top of the other, and the third nail went in the feet. You remember what went in side? the sword, right? All right, so we had the cross, these are the two boards, and the three nails. Now, that hurt, didn't it? You kind of felt that pain, didn't you, when we talked about that? All right, on Friday, I want you to have a wonderful Valentine's Day. I want you to show love. We should show it every day. Show some special love on Friday, on Valentine's Day, and you're going to receive lots of love, I'm sure. One of the verses that I want to read to you that I received in the form of a valentine, and I dropped it, comes from Ephesians 3. It says, and may you have the power to understand how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is God's love. And there's one other verse, John 3, 16, and I bet everybody in this church knows that verse. Let's all say that together, please. For God so loved the world, but have everlasting life. Didn't that sound good? After we have our prayer, I'm going to give each of you a valentine and some love in the form of a chocolate chip cookie check with mama before you eat it and i want you to bow your heads now and repeat after me dear god thank you for all the love that you gave us by sending your son jesus may we show our love by giving our hearts to him. Amen.
0: scripture reading is from Psalms 15, verses 1 through 3. Lord, who may dwell in your sanctuary? Who may live on your high hill? He whose walk is blameless and who does what is righteous. He who speaks truth from his heart and has no slander on his tongue. Who does his neighbor no wrong and casts no slur on his fellow man. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. please make a note in your bulletin at the hymn number 494. We'll sing verses 1 and 6. 1 and 6. Let us bow our heads in prayer. O God, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Almighty and everlasting God, you have revealed yourself in words and deeds and in the person of Jesus the Christ. And we, your people, thank you for opening our eyes and our ears that we might receive your salvation. Because you did not come in in mystery but with power and might, we praise your holy name and we proclaim your glory. And we come here this day, O Lord, asking for our petitions. We also come with, with thanksgiving and humbly we confess our sins. In that light of confession, Lord, we are reminded that you call us to share our bread, to act justly in all that we do, to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And yet we must confess this day that we do not always freely give what we, you have provided for us. We don't let our light shine in witness to your grace. We receive from from you mercy, but we keep it to ourselves and do not share it. We know we have not lived as you have called us. And so we pray this day that you would forgive us, that you would forgive our shortcomings, our sins, and restore our lives again. Help us by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit to understand what you've bestowed upon us and put back into us the saltiness that we need and rekindle in us the fire of your light and give us the words that we might say that upbuild Christ's holy church. We are reminded this day that there are people within our community of faith uh, who, ha- who are struggling with disease, despair release from pain and mourning There's o- others who feel not safe or loved we pray O oh God that you receive all that we have listed in our prayer concerns and all that we speak and in the silence of our hearts now receive them into your care free them from these things which keep them bound and help them know that when they cry to you you cry with them and you're there o oh lord we seek to be happy in your righteousness bless us now as we pray that for these things to be done not our will but yours o oh god help us to accept your good and perfect will in this and all things We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying these words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward at this time. Please be seated. One of the most interesting stories in the Bible, in my opinion, is found in the book of Ruth, which talks to us about Ruth, and and if you haven't ever read the story of Ruth, you should. It's only like four chapters. It's like two pages in the Bible, because I'm only going to read two little verses, but I'm going to talk about what's not read. Chapter 1, verse 16 says to, the, to Naomi, who had told her she's going back to her people and that her daughter-in-laws are released to go wherever they want to go. And she replied, Ruth replied, Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. And your people will be my people, and your God, my God. And where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. And when Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her to leave. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we thank you for your words. We thank you for your spirit that's here with us that guides us. And guide us now, O Lord, as we seek to understand. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Life is filled with detours. Detours cause anxiety. They leave you full of confusion. Especially if you're ever on a road that's unfamiliar to you and now there's a detour into an area that's even more unfamiliar. And having a GPS doesn't necessarily help. This past, uh, well, I guess it was two summers ago, uh, one of our relatives had come in from uh, out of state and was interested in uh, going and driving a familiar road up into the mountains that uh, we grew up in. And he wanted to try out his new GPS. And all oh, he was so proud of this GPS. He wanted to, you know, we we drove to the store, to the grocery store one day together, and he wanted to use the GPS. I'm like, I don't think I need it. I think I know how to get to the grocery store. No, but we, you gotta listen to it. You gotta listen to it. So we headed out on a familiar road in the mountains, and then we ran into fog. And so we decided that since we came to sightsee, the fog didn't seem to be going to let up. We needed to move on to some different area. And so we decided to try his new GPS to get us an alternate route. Well, it did. And it started telling us, you know, what to do. Any of you got GPSs? Some of you know what a GPS is, okay. So it started saying, I'm one mile ahead, turn right. And the closer we got, the more frantic the voice on the GPS, turn right, turn right. The thing is, friends, that even in the fog, I knew, as did my relative, that if we took a right turn where this machine told us to turn right, we would have driven off the side of the mountain. (laughs) You see, detours cannot always be found with guidance from things of this earth. Detours sometimes will take you on wild turns if your guidance system is of this earth. Hard economic times had caused a man named Emelech and his wife Naomi, along with their two sons, to migrate to a new land for a better life. Someone told them to cheer up. Things could get worse. And so they cheered up, and sure enough, things got worse. First, Imalek died. Then the two sons who had, had married, they, they both died. And so all of a sudden in the story, you have these three widows, Naomi and her two daughter-in-laws, Orpa and Ruth. Life is full of detours. Detours often take us wild turns. You can't avoid them. You know, it's not a question of whether or not you'll have a detour sometime in your life. It's what do you do with that detour? You know, there's a country song that I I kind of like. It's old, kind of old now, I guess, but a couple of years. Carrie Underwood, she sang, sung this song, and I wish I could sing better. I'd sing it for you, but it goes kind of like this. She was on her way to Cincinnati to see her mom and daddy on a cold, dark winter night. She was driving too fast when the wheel started sliding with the baby in the back. And that's when the traveler began to pray, Jesus, take the wheel. Take it from my hands because I can't do this on my own. I'm letting go. Give me one more chance. Save me from this road I'm on. Jesus, take the wheel. I submit to you that that's a pretty good prayer when detours enter your life and you're in wild turns and in unfamiliar territory. Jesus, take the wheel is a good prayer. You know, life can be confusing. It can be full of anxiety. But if you're on that road and you don't really know where it's going to end, just cry out to Jesus to take the wheel. Life is filled with detours. Detours confront us with decisions. Naomi had to decide what to do. She decided to return to her homeland. She bids her daughters in law goodbye. I mean, there's no obligation for them anymore. Death does do us part. They had no more obligation. One of the daughter-in-laws kisses Naomi goodbye and leaves. But Ruth will have nothing to do with it. She wants to stay in actually an older version of Scripture. I like better on this Scripture. It says, For whether thou goest, I will go. Whether thou lodgest, I will lodge. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. And where you are buried, there I will be buried as well. That was her answer. That was her decision to this detour in the road. Now let me set the record straight. That was spoken by a daughter-in-law to her mother-in-law. Did you hear that? Daughter-in-law to her mother-in-law. Uh, I know we don't usually make such radical commitments to our mother-in-law. Most of the time we just tell jokes about them, such as uh, two men were talking at a bar, and one said, my mother in is an angel. The other guy says, you're lucky. My mother-in-law's still alive. The thing is, though, there is not a joke here. It's a radical statement of loyalty and commitment that Ruth commits herself to Naomi, to a new land, to a new life, to a new way of worshiping, different way of living. You see, commitment and loyalty is a decision we can make when we're faced with detours. You know, just because we get banged up a little bit, there's no reason to throw us out, is it? You know, there's a wonderful movie I like. It's an old, it's an older movie too, called Sea Biscuit. Anyone ever seen Sea Biscuit? It's about a racehorse that they want to just throw away, but he still has life in him if you just have a little faith in him. And in that uh, movie, there's this great line where it says, "You don't throw a whole life away just because it's banged up a little bit." You know, life is full of detours. Life is full of decisions. But you don't throw things away just because you went through all them detours. Caring people realize that you have to struggle from time to time. Yes, detours cause decisions, but sometimes they can be life decisions. They can offer new dimensions for living. They don't necessarily have to be bad decisions like turning right and going off the side of a mountain. You know, what's really underlying this story is something called redemption. We don't talk about it a whole lot. Uh, we heard a little bit about it in the, in the children's sermon. It's not a word we use much anymore. Let me explain it just a little bit. My mother, she used to redeem SH green stamps for prizes. Any of y'all remember SH green stamps? It might be a few of you, i admit that you're as old as that. Some of you redeem your frequent flyer miles for prizes and things. My mother thought everything was worthy of being redeemed. My mother was born in 1929, the year that the Depression began. Her entire childhood was part of the Depression era. My mother washes aluminum foil after she uses it and uses it again. It drives my sister crazy. Once I was home and I made the mistake of throwing away an empty can of Diet Coke, and my mother practically jumped over the table to grab it out of the trash and told me in a stern voice, we can redeem this. You see, to redeem something means to cash it in or set it free or buy it back. And what's going on in this scripture in the back side is this, when Naomi returns to her people and Ruth goes with her, Ruth goes into the fields of a relative. And there, this relative sees Ruth and decides to make her his wife. They have a son named Obed. Obed is the grandfather of King David from whose lineage Christ Himself is born. Woven into this story, you see, is this principle of Redeemer. Kinsman Redeemer. It gives us a forward glimpse of Christ, our Redeemer. This life that's full of detours. This life that calls decisions. This decision she made resulted in the lineage of Jesus Christ. She is an ancestor of our Lord. You see, no matter what happens in life, no matter what the circumstances, no matter the grief, no matter the changes, there is one who comes to buy it back, to redeem it, to set us free. And we believe that that person is Jesus, the Christ, the anointed one, the promised one. You know, there's... Another example of what this means that I read about, and I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but let me just see if I can narrow it down to this. God asked Satan, what are you going to do with my people now that you're the prince of the earth, as the scripture says. And Satan replied, I'm going to tease them and tempt them. I'm going to make them make them fight and quarrel and divorce. I'm going to make them kill each other, destroy things. Then I'm going to condemn them to hell because they're worthless as far as I'm concerned. And God is known to reply, how much do you want for them? And of course, the answer is, I'll take the life of your son. And that day, God so loved the world, He sent His only Son to set us free, to redeem us, to buy us back, to set us free. It was very costly. But in God's eyes, you were worth it. Life is full of detours. Detours will come whether you like it or not. Detours cause decisions. Detours can be deadly. That's why you won't let Jesus take the wheel. But decisions can also bring about life-changing decisions. And our responsibility, because our lives have been changed, is commitment and loyalty to our Lord and His Holy Church. And the question and prayer I have for you is this. Are you willing to go with Jesus? Are you willing to go wherever Jesus goes? Whether whether Jesus goes, I will go. Whether Jesus lodges, I will lodge. Are you willing to go with Jesus? Are you willing to turn your detours into life-giving choices? This is my prayer. Amen. may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit may they be yours this day and each day. Amen.